Well, good morning and welcome to uh, K1. I, uh, I, uh, I don't want to get too far off script, <laughs> but uh, thank you, Don, and thank you, Anne, <laughs> for uh, I, I, um, um, I singing that song. I, uh, I know as some of you, um, it is my, uh, it is your first time uh, singing that song, um, but uh, I, uh, I, uh, when I it was in the hospital for the second time, it was my soundtrack for all, uh, uh, for all the uh, good times and bad times, <laughs> and I am so grateful that uh, Don and and you uh, and the choir that you uh, have sung that this morning. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We are uh, so glad to worship with you today. If you are new with us this morning, my name is Andrew. I'm a lead pastor here. Thank you for sharing in life together with us. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Before I get into this sermon, let me um, first uh, uh, wipe my nose. <laughs> uh, uh, I have two announcements to make. Uh, first, as you can see, I didn't bring my uh, safety blanket uh, uh, with me. Uh, I, that is Simone. <laughs> uh, I, uh, um, I am going to try to do this thing solo for the first time since I have the very first surgery. So uh, <laughs> uh, thank you for the encouragement. I am uh, terrified. <laughs> I am terrified. So uh, forgive me. It, it is uh, four minutes long. And uh, so... Uh, but Simone has stood with me through good times and bad. And she has been a constant encouragement to me. Can you give Pastor Simone a great big round of applause? Uh, she will be back. I promise. <laughs> she will be back. <laughs> uh, secondly, it struck me that last week, uh, right after the uh, MRI, uh, last, uh, right after the service, that I had an MRI last Friday, and I didn't d get to share the news with the congregation. The scans are supposed to uh, show the cancer and how it spread or reduced uh, for the last scan. But beginning in October, uh, there was no cancer to be found anywhere. 
and the M, uh, uh, February MRI was no difference. In fact, <laughs> in fact, uh, the stan, uh, scan came back all clear uh, for the first time since I had surgery. There was no sign of radiation anywhere in the brain. <laughs> anywhere in the brain. <laughs> the doctors were amazed. And all I could say is praise God. <laughs> praise God. I have said it before. It's all because of God's goodness to me in response to your prayers and your intercessions. I thank the Lord so much for his mercy, his grace, and his compassion on me. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with God. And I am so grateful for his uh, work in my life and for your continuous prayers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, let me welcome you back to the fifth and final week of our summer series called Invisible War. Say it with me. Invisible War. Our key verse for the series is Ephesians 6, verse 12. It says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. For our struggle, Paul says, is not against flesh and blood. You see, when we're talking about spiritual warfare, we're not talking about neighbors, governments, nations, enemies in the spiritual, uh, uh, physical realm. It's not people that we're fighting against. God loves people. God loves people. Everyone, everyone, he wants everyone to come into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ and spend eternity with him. God loves people. It's not people that we're struggling against. It's the spiritual realms. Rulers, authorities, powers, and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's not human-centered it's spirit-centered. If you're taking notes, write this down. It's our key thoughts for the series. Here it is. Spiritual warfare is not chasing after the enemy. Spiritual warfare is chasing after Jesus. Spiritual warfare is not chasing after the enemy. Spiritual warfare is drawing ever closer to Jesus so that nothing Nothing, absolutely nothing, can get between you and him. Spiritual warfare is not chasing after the enemy. Spiritual warfare is chasing after Jesus. Week one of the series, we looked at the weaponry, the spiritual armor of God. Week two, we looked at the enemy. What are his characteristics? Week three, we looked at our humanness, our humanness. Week four, last week, we examined Christ's victory, his victory on the cross, and his victory in our lives. And so this week, as we conclude our series, 
we are going to be examining a certain type of warfare. Worship as warfare. Worship as warfare. Turn with me to Second Chronicles chapter 20, beginning in verse 1. Hear the words of the Lord. After this, the Moabites and Ammonites with some of the Mutamites, came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Eden. A vast army uh, coming against you from Eden, from the other side of the Dead Sea. Alarmed, alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. And he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. After you can see at the beginning of the passage, Jehoshaphat is alarmed, is alarmed. The Hebrew word for alarmed here is to uh, fear, to be afraid, to tremble dreadfully. Jehoshaphat was scared out of his mind. Uh, it reminds me of a few years ago when uh, Lucas had some fun with uh, Vaseline. It uh, didn't say we had some fun with Vaseline. Uh, Lucas had fun with Vaseline. Rather than taking a nap like he was supposed to, uh, Lucas somehow climbed up on the shelf uh, where the Vaseline was stored and got it out. He, he then proceeded to uh, smear the Vaseline all over the room, uh, over the walls, the dresser, the bed, the uh, doors, the books, and most importantly, uh, the dog. <laughs> uh, there must have been uh, half a container of Vaseline missing when, at the time Lucas was done. It, it was a big container. He got it all over the place. My mom thank God, was the one, uh, first one who saw him. <laughs> um, he, she is the most patient woman I know. <laughs> and uh, I shudder to think that uh, uh, what I would have done if I were the first one who has seen him. Um, so not good, not good. So for th uh, three hours, my mom and Lucas uh, scrubbed the walls, the dresser, the floor, the bed, the books, the uh, doors, and most importantly, uh, the dog. <laughs> I still think uh, that uh, if you know where to look, there is still Vaseline on the poor dog. <laughs> poor dog. But the best part of it was about two hours in, Lucas said, uh, uh, Grandma, uh, what is it, Lucas? What do you want? And Lucas, after thinking for a minute, simply replied, Grandma, I miss Jesus. <laughs> I miss Jesus. Uh, uh, in fact, whatever you, uh, uh, we are doing, Jesus is not here. Let me tell you, Jesus is not here. I miss Jesus. <laughs> That's how Jehoshaphat was. I miss Jesus. Or, in this case, I miss Jesus. God, where are you, God? 
have you forgotten us? Have you ignored us? Have you led your people all this way to simply abandon us? Jehoshaphat was desperate, alarmed, trembling dreadfully, but only for a moment. Because at the next moment, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. Resolved to inquire of the Lord. The Hebrew word for resolved is literally to uh, uh, give his face over to seek Yahweh. To give his face over to seek Yahweh. He is trembling dreadfully, and rightfully so, but he resolved to inquire of the Lord, to give his face over to seek Yahweh, to seek his help. And so he prayed, and they sought the Lord, the face of the Lord together. All of Judah, all of Jerusalem, prayed and fasted, men of Judah, women of Judah, children of Judah. And then the author makes uh, a distinction between the children and the little ones. <laughs> the little ones. He says that even the little ones, six months old, a year old, just my, my daughter, <laughs> Sophia, he stood before the Lord, stood there, stood there, an enemy force, a vast army, is breathing down their necks, coming to take their lives. And there they stood. God, we are going to be destroyed if you don't do something. Think about this helplessness of this situation. As men, we are supposed to be the guardians, the protectors of our family. As women, you are supposed to be the caretaker of your family. And there they are, absolutely helpless, absolutely hopeless, absolutely powerless, with bless the Lord intervenes. I uh, am reminded of the night uh, when I was uh, first diagnosed with brain cancer. <laughs> I was a mess. <laughs> Um, but the first thought running through my mind was not, poor me, why didn't I did chosen to bear this burden? It was not, poor uh, Simone, how is she going to keep up with her dissertation, her classes, the church? It was not even my poor parents. Have we watched... My brother Chris died in his mid-30s. Now watching a youngest son struggle to stay alive. It wasn't that, uh, any of that, uh, that at all. You know what the first thought running through my mind was? My children. My children. My kids. At the time, my four-year-old son, Lucas, and my seven-week 
old daughter, Sophia. My children. That's all that ran through my mind. What's going to happen to them? What's going to become of them? Who is going to play catch with my son? Who is going to take Sophia to the first daddy-daughter dance? Who is going to take Lucas how to become a man? Who is going to walk our daughter, Sophia, down the aisle? That was all that was running through my mind, my children, my kids. In a very real way, um, I know how the Hebrews felt. Helpless, hopeless, powerless. Maybe you can't relate as well. Maybe your own health is hanging in the balance. Maybe a very real depression has taken over you and you just can't seem to shake it. It hang over you like a dark cloud. Maybe your marriage is a wreck and you can't think of any way out. Maybe you got the child that whatever it is, whatever it is, the physical hurt, the emotional pain, the spiritual agony, whatever it is, you would take it if you could. I always said, God, I, enemy, throw whatever you want at me, but God, please protect my kids. Please protect my kids. Hopeless, helpless, powerless without God. But I love the way they prayed. <laughs> Lord, we are going to be captured. Lord, we are going to be killed. We do not know what to do. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are only upon you. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are only upon you. And the Lord's answer is simply, uh, uh, simply this, verse uh, 15. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For, your, uh, for the battle is not yours, but God's. <laughs> but the battle is not yours, but God. Uh, as much as you don't feel like it, as much as it is counterintuitive to you, as much as you feel like giving up and giving in, abandoning all hope, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Do not fear. God says, I will take care of the battle. I will take care of the war. Take up your position. Stand firm and see the deliverance that Jesus will give you. Here's all I want from you is to worship me. That's it. Just to worship me. All I want is your worship. And Jehoshaphat said, okay, <laughs> whatever you want, whatever you want.
Look at verse 18. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worship before God. Fell down and worship before God. In the midst of this vast army, in the midst of these helplessness, in the midst of their vulnerability, they still had hope. Without any other options, they still have power. Not power any of themselves, but power from on high. Power that comes from when we worship the Lord, the God Almighty, who will fight our battles for us and win every single time. Remember, worship is warfare. Worship is warfare. Warfare against the enemy. Warfare against the devil's schemes. Warfare against Satan himself. Worship is warfare. And you, as you do what only you can do, he can, will do what only he can do. As you do what only you can do, I, I, um, I, that is to worship. He will do what only he can do. Fight our battles. Fight our wars and win every single time. Amen? Amen. So that's what Jehoshaphat did. Second Chronicles 20 verse 21. Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the offering singing, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Uh, uh, say that with me. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. A third time. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And as they began to sing and praise, who was it? The Lord. <laughs> the Lord set ambushes against the men and they were defeated. The Lord, the Lord set ambushes before the men, and they were defeated, defeated, demolished, destroyed. In the end, that's all he wants from us, is our worship. It's all he wants for us, is our praise. That's all he wants from us, is our adorations. God says, I can take care of all the rest. What is impossible with men is easy from God. Anything is possible before God. Anything, anything. I just want you to worship me. In my room that January 10th night, I realized brain cancer, um, it's not what I wanted to be dealing with at the age of 34. But my God is greater than this cancer. <laughs> my God is greater than this cancer. My God is greater than the uh, upcoming uh, surgery. 
My God is greater than radiation. My God is greater than chemotherapy. My God is greater than the seizures and the rehab, than the peace therapy. My God is greater. My God is greater. My God is greater. All he wants from us is my worship. That's all he wants from us is my worship. And so this song, out of nowhere, came wearing up inside of me. It says this. When the peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like seed billows roll, Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is with my soul, it is well. For the first time in a long time, I knew it would be okay. It would be okay. That's all he wants from us is our worship. That's all he wants from us. He will take care of the rest. He will take care of the battles. He will take care of the wars. For our struggle, Paul says, is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. He will take care of the wars inside of us. All he wants is our worship. Jesus, we're in your presence today. Come and have your way in us. There are so many of us right now that would say, you know what? You're right. I have been fighting my own battles. I have been fighting my own wars. It's a feeling of helplessness, hopelessness, powerlessness about God. And today, God is standing right beside you and is saying, why don't you give me a try? Why don't you let me fight your battles? Why don't you uh, let me fight your wars with you? I know you enter in battle. I know you carry around the scars with you all day long. 
why don't you uh, fight? Uh, why don't you give me a chance? I'm undefeated. 100% of the battles I enter, I on, on the winning side. I'm undefeated. And that's you today. <laughs> you have not given up your battles, physical battles for your health, and your battle with the, uh, depression, anxiety, fear, doubts. Your marriage is falling apart. Your children, whatever it is, why don't you let go? Let God have a try. The only thing he asks to you is to worship him. That's the only thing he asked of you, is to worship him. If that's you today, and you say, I'm tired of fighting my own battles. God, you're sovereign. God, you're holy. God, you are all together mighty. Fight my battles for me. Fight my battles for me. I give you the praise. I give you the worship. Fight my battles for me. If that's you today, I just want you to come to the altars right now. Right now. Come to the altars right now. Come. Don't wait. Just come. Come to the altars. Fight my battles for me. I will give you all the praise.